The Bite Goes On is up next, but first, check out this other great show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Destination Eat Drink. This week, I talked to Lubomir Stefanov, director of the Academy Award-nominated film Honeyland. We talk about his movie, the cuisine of his home country of Macedonia, and growing up in the capital of Skopje around beekeepers. There are lots of people who are dealing with uh, with bees since everywhere. I remember I was growing up in the center of Skopje. When I was a kid, it was much smaller. I was growing up in the center, and in the yard, there were beehives. Download Destination Eat Drink today on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hi, welcome to The Bike Goes On. This is Brian Casey with my amazing friend, Sandra Bernstein. How you doing, Sandra? Hey, Brian. I miss you. It's so good seeing your face. It's, you know, it's, um, it's good to see you. I actually have been out seeing people because I've been back to work. So I see I'm in contact with about, I'd say, 50 to 60 people a day when I go back, strangers. Uh-huh. Um, but we're all, we're all being safe, wearing gloves and masks. And What color are your gloves? Uh, light blue. There's uh, large light blue ones. I guess I don't. I think latex is banned in California or something. Yes. Really? Okay. Yeah. I didn't. I yeah. didn't know that. That's crazy. It, it is. Some people have latex allergies, so I guess we yeah. sort of did that. Um, so there's there's two large gloves. One of them is dark blue, and the other one is light blue. One of them does not fit. You know, it, it looks like I have um, big long raisins at the end of my fingers <laughs> if I try and put them on. And, they're weird because you can wear them for about five or 10 minutes and then your hands start to sweat and you've got literally like pools of water in your gloves. It is, it is a strange world. Do you put talcum powder in that or is that banned too? You know, I don't know about that. The problem is they're hard to get on. Uh And so if you put talcum powder, you'd probably struggle. You know, I mean, it would be like getting into Spanx here. I'll put it something there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I, I really want to introduce our guest. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't talk I just no, um, It is so fun because um, we're kind of having a reunion with right. Sebastiani Coakley yeah. um, of Mia's Kitchen. But we were working together when you came to work with us at a state or a yeah. state. Yeah. And that's. Um, I mean, that's like the first time we really got to spend time with you. I mean, you know, Absolutely. knowing you and that was, God, how many years ago? Over 10 years ago? No, my, uh, my anniversary is tomorrow. And that, it was around that time. It was, and it was our eighth year anniversary. So it was over eight years ago. Wow. When we were wow. Well, was, congratulations on your anniversary. Thank you very much. Awesome. Um, yeah, it was, um, I can't believe how long ago that was. I remember because we had our rehearsal dinner at a state. I think it was after I was working there. It was when I was done. Um, and I remember sitting in the back uh, with, was it Brian? Was, it, was he Brian too? I'm forget, forgetting his name. Um, there was a lot of Brian's in that company for a while, Brian. yeah. Um, and uh, he went on to an Italian spot out in uh in Petaluma. But anyways, I remember it was just like one of the coolest experiences. We sat there, we had this amazing meal, and then we drank too much, obviously. And we were back in the kitchen, like, hey, I'm sure now it's okay. I'm sure he'd be in trouble for letting me back there. But it's like, it's just one of those like classic, like small town, like eclectic things you can do. Is actually like hang out in the kitchen and catch up with the chefs. That's like- No, very fun. Was that Brian- um, Brian Jones? No, it wasn't Brian Jones. Why am I? Brian brain? West. I West. Think. It was Brian West. Ah, right. So Brian, Brian West, West. Yeah, he he is like this major bigwig executive. He's buying food. He's. I think he's either like Bon Appetit or Sodexo, like one of those really large companies that gets contracted out. And he was doing a lot of stuff overseas. But um, it's so funny that you mentioned him because he posted a picture of his kids. And I'm like, oh, my God, those kids are growing so fast. How old are they? How big are they? Um, You know what? Never having kids, I have no relationship. (laughs) They're this big. They fit in in a box for like a 50-inch TV size box. (laughs) That's awesome. No, that was one of the most – I really – and I I don't just chum it up just to like be nice about it. It was one of the coolest working experiences I ever had. I really, truly think 
that what you guys do, and I'm not just doing it because I'm on here, I'll tell anybody this, um, the organization that you run, Sandra, um, and the one that you I mean, were previously a part of, Brian, is just such a standout organization. Everyone who goes through it, everyone I know, has always just talked about, it's not just about like the quality of what you guys do, it's like the care that, um, that you pass through to the staff, and everybody has it. It's such a living, breathing organism. And I think it's really, it's just, it's really fascinating. And, and bravo to you. I think. Thank you. It's, um, it's very challenging right now. Um, we're like in this different situation and trying to figure out, you know, how to keep the staff safe, how to keep them happy, how to keep the guests happy, you know, that um, ethical question should we be open should we be closed you know what's best for the world what's best for us just a hard you know a lot of decisions a lot of people have to make but it's really important as a whole to like just like the culinary arts to everything because that's like the root of it that's like all the stuff you see in stores or on shelf exactly nothing if you don't have proper restaurants taking care of people like that's where that good inspiration comes that's where i think like the premium category in store comes from is that inspiration so I mean, keep trucking. Like, uh, thank you, thank you. Um, well, and Mia, how how no, is it that you, nice. how is it that Mia came to work at Estate? Because I remember having a conversation with you one day, and and I don't remember if this is before you were working there or after. And you said, you know, I want to sit down and talk to Sandra because I'm thinking about starting this company where I'm going to do yeah. tomato sauce, and and I and it made sense to me because Sandra at that point had a retail food line. And you probably were kind of curious and... Um, you were already doing your sauce, I think, then. We were. I, we were doing... You know, we had, like, balsamic and olive oils and stuff. Right. And I, like, I got in this thing where I was, like, I just... I got really obsessed with authenticating everything. And I was, like, I really, really... Like, I love cooking, and I need to figure out how I'm going to incorporate my cooking into whatever brand this is. If it's a side gig, it's a side gig. If it's, like... All together, it's all together. And the reason I, I mean, I, I came to you, Sandra, is because I wanted to get the experience to see if it really was like a restaurant thing. I really wanted to know what it looked like and felt like. And I, I remember going to the Culinary Institute up in um, Santa Elena and talking to those folks. And uh, in classes there, I took a couple classes, um, talking to some of the chefs, the majority of them were like, don't go, don't money at culinary school. Like you're going to graduate. I mean, all these kids are flooding in right now. They're paying a lot of money. They get out of culinary school and they're going to go work on the line, like washing dishes for a good two years before they get the respect to cut vegetables. Right. So um, that was good advice. So then I turned to you and it was really fascinating. It's like kitchen culture is so, I love it. I think it's, um, it's really, it's tough. Like there's no kitchen that's like soft and fluffy. Um, but it's, it's really neat and it's just such a cool, it's just a cool team mentality. And I, I don't know, it was, it was fun to see real chefs in action on a daily basis. Um, so yeah. The, um, well, I mean, just lately in the news, in the newspaper is you guys finally got your approval to, oh, open, yeah. to build the restaurant in the firehouse, which is yeah. very exciting. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, but but at the same time, you want to find somebody else to do it. This is your chance. Yeah. Right. No. <laughs> you know what? I say thank you. It's my brother August has been driving like all of this, and he's. I mean, I I give him the nudge. I'm like, get in there, get in there. Um, and he's had a couple rounds, and he's dealt with the city. Um, and he's. I mean, out of all of us, he's the the guy to know the ins and outs of the city and stuff like that. So um, I, it's, it's his gig with, I, I really, we like to keep each other's spaces where they are and cheer each other on when we can. Um, and so I, you know what, I just kind of sit on the sideline and encourage when I can. Um, but I'm really eager to see what happens there. But um, did you feel like that passion of like maybe being in the restaurant is gone yeah. now that you have kids? <laughs> that was really- oh, oh, no, 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 no. I didn't know you were ready. <laughs> I was saying, yeah, to the passion of being in the restaurant. No, it's not gone having kids. Actually, that was the thing that I, I learned when working at a state is I was like, oh, like this just isn't for me. Like this just like doing, I mean, I love being there in, in, in the restaurant. I love checking <laughs> in with people, but I just like, I can't survive cooking like that day in and day out. Um, I would love, I would love to find a way to get into the restaurant industry. Right now, is it something personally I want to do or have the capacity for? Probably not. Um, I would always love to go in and like learn how to manage a spot. 
because um, it's just there's the romance it's just so romantic about yeah. it yeah. Yeah. And I, I hope there's a day that restaurants look like they did you know eight months ago yeah um because they're just so different right now and it's like you know even like pinpointed into the space where we have to try and figure out what does a restaurant look like and what are the most important values that you know you're passing on to someone like what do they need right now because it's just way way different yeah way yeah. different it will but, go back i'm sure it will go back does this friday thing does this gavin newsom thing affect restaurants he just we just found out that some schools were closed again and some um, well, it didn't affect us. It affected Ryan because they shut down the indoor dining that had just started. Okay. Um, but we never opened indoor, so it didn't yeah. affect us directly. Um, but it, you know, like even Saul, Saul had, you know, five, six tables at Cafe La Haye that he had inside and now he's back outside. And it's, I think the hardest thing is the open close, you know, the indecision yep. and I get it. I mean, I have indecision, you know, about what we should be doing and, you know, do you order enough, you know, they, they need to give us a little bit more notice with these things. So people aren't wasting money on product that they think they need and then they're told they can't use so i didn't even take that take that into account i'm just thinking the whole time of what what is a top line what does this just do to your finances from a restaurant yeah. oh. but yeah. i i forget about everything below it like i was talking mm -hmm. to Kendrick, my husband and he's like man can you imagine if you order you know x amount of pounds of fish and then you find out that you are going to be have half of the tables that you or a quarter of the tables in some cases yeah. um I do think there's things outside of that though, that we're gonna learn from all of this that's gonna really add another like layer of just like, um, I don't know, I think we're all gonna learn something from this. And I think we're gonna oh, take sure. things away from this. And I hope, I hope that outdoor dining experience continues. Like I can't tell you how nice it is to drive down First Street or you know, just drive down Napa Street or Spain Street and see all the umbrellas out. I just, I feel the culture, nice. yeah. I really hope it continues. I hope we're allowed to do things. Even yeah, that's that's a very old world culture. You know, you're used if you've ever gone to Spain, France, or Italy, that's like that's what you do. You're outside al fresco dining, right? And okay. drinking a bottle of rose and having some cured meats and cheese and totally. Yeah. Everyone, everyone has their umbrellas and their chairs now outside. Like it, they got it. You got it. You might as well yeah. use it. Yeah, people are doing it. And this week they're supposed to start building some parklets around the square. Yeah. Um, I'm not totally sure how it'll turn out because the drawing the initial drawings don't look that good to me yeah um these big red plastic you know water filled bumpers which i'm like come on sonoma we can do better than this but yeah. everybody has got their fingers in this um you know the saying too many chefs is definitely the case for every decision that's happening right well, now no one knows what to do and <laughs> everyone is at home yeah, exactly. Figure it exactly. out. They're not together figuring it out. Yeah, crazy. So, so they're opening it to restaurants. And I'm sorry if you've talked about this too much. We can talk about something else. <laughs> and so you guys have a location right now in the plaza where you're serving folks. I drive by and I see action, but I don't know what's going yeah. on. Yeah. So this was the end of the second week. The city gave us permission to um, have this corner. And it's about 3,000, 3,500 square feet. And we rope it off. We got an ABC license. And we can have it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday day. Yeah. Um, we made the decision to build the kitchen out there, to cook food out there. During the day, do kind of grab and, grab and go on a plate. Yeah. Um, really simple things, salad sandwiches, some snacks. And then um, at night, we were doing pop-ups like um, $50 um, full meal. And we did that for two weeks. This week is paella at Ooh. night and with bocarone and uh, like a mint cucumber salad, I think. And, you know, but what John has really realized that he doesn't like the model right now. It's not totally, I think paella will be okay because you really have to cook it and keep it hot. And, you know, I think it'll be more fun, but we're going to go back to an a la carte, probably very burger, yeah. fry, you know, chicken, like real, like you're having an outdoor barbecue and just like stoke the grill up and have fries and maybe more of our uh, food truck food out there 
where people can just a la carte. It, it's so much work for them. If you're going out there and you're setting up a kitchen once a week or it's, once a it's day. It's desperate, that's yeah. A lot. That's yeah. a lot of work. It's a lot yeah. of new hours. But how, how did you, I mean, you have, your family has been in the wine business for, I think it's the fifth, fifth yeah. Fifth Winery. The day that they wrote it down was like 1904. My great grandfather um, found it. Yeah, but I think it was a little bit before then. So who's counting? You went towards food instead of wine. Yeah. Tell us how you, you know, I think you know, being raised in a a winery family, um, you know, you have stories. Sure. Yeah. Um, We, uh, yeah. So we've been in the wine industry since the 1904 and many generations. Um, and I, um, I wanted to do something that was like completely my own. Um, and I wanted to do something that was also like very authentic, but I wanted to do something likewise that it just, I needed to find something that spoke to me. And I always did really like cooking. Now I wasn't like chef bound at age 12, but, um, and it, it was something that resonated well with me. And it was something that just like, it just hit a really um, a really strong chord. Um, and so for me, it just, it, it was, it, it was so natural to get into the food space, um, and to do it, um, in a grocery style fashion, as opposed to a restaurant, um, coming out with, you know, like a CPG package, um, was, it was similar to wine for me, you know, it wasn't me cooking, you know, just the, the math behind it and how everything was set up, the organization, um, so I, I really just went out there and I, I, I had to work in the kitchen for a while to figure out what it was. I, I think one of the things I really love is delivering good food to people. I love having people over and I love cooking for them and I love doing a good job about it. Like I, that's something I'm very proud of and I'm not the best home chef out there, but, um, I take a lot of pride in it. Um, and I wanted to be able to create something that I could do like that. Now me being in a kitchen full time which just wasn't part of my DNA. Like I can't do that. Um, and I, God bless the chefs out there, like keep it up. Um, but you know, and so I was thinking like, well, how else can I create like a meal? How else can I do something that's authentic? That's a meal, um, that, uh, that, that actually tastes really good and deliver it to people. And I was like, well, cool. This all matches up. Pasta sauce was something that, I mean, most all Italians is pretty cliche, but everyone has a nonna who cooks some pasta sauce and has a mother who did the same thing. And that's, that was like, it just all lined up very, very well. And we were at a time too, where there wasn't this premium influence in the grocery market wasn't necessarily there. Like Dean and DeLuca was where you went for your nice stuff. Right, right. I feel grocery. Um, and I, I think you, you saw a lot of your regular merchandise, your regular grocery stores were starting to buy up and do nicer things. And we came in at a nice time. If not, we would have been, you know, like a 1099 pasta sauce that you'd only see if you went into a Dean and DeLuca. Um, so it was a little bit of the right time at the right place. Um, but that's, that's kind of why, that's why I personally got into it. Um, and yeah, we've been having, we've been having a lot of fun with it and, um, and trying to get creative and finding our own, um, personality because a lot of the stuff out there is just, it's old world Italian style. And again, there's something I learned from a state. Um, I remember, uh, it was, uh, not Brian, it was another Brian. Um, Chris, was it Chris? Chris, Chris was the chef there for a while, yeah. And and he did a really good job at, at like, I mean, he'd come in, you know, uh, twice a week and just tell us what we were doing right and also what we were doing wrong. But one of the lessons he sat down and and taught us, and Toolsy did this as well, um, actually Toolsy did this a lot, um, was that Italian food, we have like this misnomer that good Italian food needs to be like lasagna or like very layered and all of these flavors and it's not it's not french food like french food typically can and there's different types of provinces and places you can go in france to get different styles of food but it can be very farm to table and it can be very crisp and clean and i thought that was just one of the most fascinating things i was like oh it can't that's not the way i was raised with italian food either and when i did a little bit more research and like going back we have grandparents from the luca area and like in around uh, genoa and stuff um where they came from they have the world's like best produce and here we are in California with some of the world's best produce and the world's best wine. And like, why not take advantage of that and put together a package? So, I mean, from restaurant to jar, I think it's important to kind of maintain. And Sorry, that was very long-winded of me. Oh, that, it, that was awesome, yeah. yeah. And, um, where, and where are you getting, where are you sourcing, like for your tomato sauce? Where do you get your tomatoes? Where do you get the olives for the olive oil? Where do you, yeah. how, 
How are you getting the vinegars and truffles yeah. for the truffle oil? For our for our pasta sauce, so we are we are focusing now just on pasta sauce. We're going to stop the production of olive oil and balsamic and that stuff. We realize and, and why why is that? There's such a tremendous market um, in pasta sauce alone that, and, and we um, have so many resources that we really want to focus and create a stable. Like Mia's Kitchen, it's it's a fun brand because it can become a lot of things. It doesn't have to just be pasta sauce. Right. Um, but we kind of need to choose one battle at a time, um, and so our focus right now is and again that's that's the authentic like chord that we're striking that's the you know that my mom my noni and my mom cooked that stuff um so but uh, to your question uh, like 90 i want to say like 95 percent of all of our ingredients are california bought um 90 percent of them being tomatoes some herbs we get you know from producers here and there but um even this butternut squash that goes into our um our butternut bourbon pasta sauce that is california grown as well so um, Where, who came up with that one? Because I saw that and I was thinking it sounded so good, but it's something I never would have thought of that. It's super peculiar. Um, Kendrick, my husband came up with it. I really wanted to do something that would like, like give an answer to guy. Like guys don't, they're not yeah, our- It sounds really guys. masculine. Yeah, and it was. And we had, pasta. my brother was doing a bunch of stuff with like bourbon whiskey and stuff. So we're like, okay, how, like, how can we get creative with this? So um, in my head, I was like, we're going to just come out with a butternut sauce. It'll just be like every butternut pasta sauce out there. Um, and Kendrick was like, I'll do it. So he gets in the kitchen and he starts like cooking different things. And he's starting with a vodka base. Like he's doing what we typically do for our vodka sauce. And he has, he has a recipe that we send to our pr like production facility and he's breaking it down into like micro doses of everything. Um, and I'm like, what are you doing? This is not how you make like a butternut squash pasta sauce. He's like, just bear with me. And he did it and it actually turned out really, really awesome. And it, so it's not very typical. There's like a kind of a sweet bourbon flavor to it. Um, we buy salted bourbon and, and infuse it. I don't know why, oh. but um, yeah, it's, it's fun. And it's fun, it's fun that Kendrick came up with that. I, I like him to kind of have his fingerprints on things. And tell me, do, is, are you just putting that on pasta or is there some other way of using it? I mean, there's a ton of other, you can put on pasta, you can do, I mean, I, we have a lot, it's funny because we, I think being like culinary minded, like I'm really creative with whatever ingredient you give me. Like I'll make a soup out of it. Like I'll, I'll just know to do that. But people who walk the aisles when they're walking the aisles are not thinking that way. So we try to get out there and on our website, we're revamping it right now. We have a number of recipes that- it looks great though. Thank you. Thank you very yeah. much. I, I love your packaging. I appreciate that. I'm a real big stickler when it comes to like online because I'm always on my phone and stuff. So, I mean, we're, we're fine tuning some things, but um, it's just, it's, it's funny when you think about the consumer and, um, and you think, you know, people walk the stores and they're just like you as they're walking the stores and some people don't, they don't have the time to think about that. They don't, they're not cooks. They just, they want something quick and easy. Um, and, you know, so um, I think it's really important to educate. I think that's a big piece of it too. I think, People, one of the reasons why I really like food and wine is like growing up, I never really liked wine that much. Um, obviously, I wasn't one <laughs> yet. But, but people always expected me to have a certain understanding with like my heritage about wine. And I didn't know any of it. I like I rebelled against most of it, as most kids I think do. Um, but I went down and me and my husband, uh, before we got married, we lived in South Africa for a small time uh, frame. And he... He studied viticulture, and so he worked at this winery called Glen Carlew, which is now part of the Hess collection. Um, and I worked in the tasting room. And while I was there, I was able to actually learn about wine and actually appreciate all the things that went into wine. And we stripped away, what it did for me was it stripped away like the ostentation, like the pre pre pretentiousness about what it means or what glass you should be drinking out of or what you should be pairing it with. And it just let me experience it. And I think it's the same with food and I love wine and I loved it from then on. Um, mm -hmm. With food and with wine, I think people need to do a better job of just like, just go eat a shitty meal. Go make whatever you want. Like go, pardon my language, go fuck it up. It doesn't matter. Because <laughs> if you don't, then you're always gonna be scared of it. Like right. it's gonna be this giant mountain that you can't climb. And I think it's, um, I think it's really beautiful when people just get in there and just make them, just go make a mess. Yeah. You know? So I did that last week. I tried to, you know, my daughter and I are currently vegetarians. She's, yeah. she's doing this with me. Um, so it's been two weeks now 
And is so that I was, what you're on those tomatoes or those tomatoes? <laughs> I'm, I'm so waiting for these things to get ready. <laughs> so I was, I was doing a pasta. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do some pasta primavera. We've got some cool veggies here. I have pasta. I had butter, but I didn't have any um, heavy cream. So I'm thinking, oh, you know what? I'll just use this milk that I have in there and I'll put it in. And it did not work. The sauce broke. Oh. And I've, I've worked in kitchens before. I've been in the restaurant industry for 35 years. I totally I fucked up this meal. It totally yeah. broke. And I, the cheese was all coagulated and gross. And I had to dump it out and, and just make did something it, else. Did it taste bad or did it just look gross? Both. It, it um, looked, it looked I mean, gross it and it just sure it tasted fine. I'm you sure. know, a good cream sauce, it's got that velvety, luxurious, unctuous texture to it. It just wasn't that. And I just didn't have enough fat. There just wasn't enough fat. And it's something you know. You're like, you know what? I'll just give it a try and, and didn't work. And I'm 50 years old. I'm still fucking up shit. Yeah. 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 Good. Well, now you know. Now you know. You just yeah. learned something. <laughs> what yeah, I'm cooking much more right now during this time because I'm really, you know, I don't like to spend that much time in the kitchen, honestly. Yeah. Um, and I got the most beautiful trumpet, royal trumpet mushrooms, which is my favorite mushroom. And I just love how you score them diagonally and little butter, little garlic, throw them in the pan. Oh my God, they were so good. But that's all it was. It was just butter, garlic, thyme, and these mushrooms. And it was amazing. And yeah. who knows? I don't think I could have served that in the restaurant, <laughs> but I was quite, yeah. yeah. But, but it's fun. You know, you have stuff and you just grab it and figure it out. And, you know, there's also some really good books out there for people that um, I think salt, fat, acid, um, some of your nostrils book, you know, just give you the basics to, um, figure out some stuff. You know? Sondra, nobody reads anymore. There's YouTube videos. I know, I know. There's no, videos well, that's, that. that's, I think that's, that's one of the coolest lessons, though, too, is uh, I had one chef, the, the place that was Crisp Bakery right across from the oh, library. Uh-huh, yeah. It was when they were a pizza place before they were, right? Um, there was, I was talking to one of the, was it a pizza? Did they do pizzas out of there before it was Crisp? Uh, before it was, oh, when it was Artisan? <laughs> Was it Artisan? Is that what it might I, think? Have been, I think they bought it from Artisan Bakery, I think. Okay. I was talking to one of the chefs out there, and he just, like, he broke it down beautifully. He was like, it's just like a chord. It's like playing music, and you have your low notes, and you have your high notes. And I think once, once you figure that out, once you get into the kitchen enough times and you fuck up a bunch, you realize there's a de not a delicate balance. You can have any kind of balance you want. You can have it, like, really rounded or really angular or super sharp or kind of flat. Um, and it's what works for you. That's, I think the most important thing is what you like. But once you realize that those are all of the buttons you can press when you're in the kitchen, like you can really, you can go crazy. You can have a lot of fun with a lot of cool ingredients. Yeah. I don't use recipes. I look up a recipe for something like I was doing, um, frittata the other day. There's a million ways you can do frittata, but I like it more like a quiche. I like it dense. I like a lot of vegetables and potatoes in there. So you just, I just kind of glance at recipes and then go, okay. This is the way I'm going to do it. I take a little bit from every one of those things. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, once you get the basics down and then it's, then, then your pantry's open. It's like coming up with a meal. You know, your wife's like, you need to go to the store. We need something for dinner tonight. You're like, give me half an hour. Like, I got this. I got this. <laughs> right. do you, when you do frittata, my, my nonna used to do this and I get into base with my mom. My, um, she used to cube in. Do you cube in bread with your frittata? No, but that sounds amazing. I was like, oh, <laughs> to help with the thing. And so I did a little oh. trick. I threw in just like a pinch of flour because I didn't want the cubes to actually be in there. And uh -huh. it just helps with the fluffiness. Now you have gluten-free people that you know, right. slide. My wife is gluten-free, so that's a, that's a no-go. Almond flour. Yeah. yeah, almond flour, maybe. Yeah, Yeah. no, I don't even need it. I just I just get the uh, the eggs and add – what I've been doing is either using Bellwether Farms uh, creme fraiche or their um, yogurt and then mixing that with dried dill. Yeah. and mixing that in with the eggs and then cheese potatoes shave some broccoli some oh, bell peppers so red onion mm. see now sandra i actually thought about that the other day when i made it i thought if i had a little bit of some uh, some capers and smoked salmon i would okay. really be uh, yeah. Yeah. living it living high on the hog there but mia did you notice any uptick in sales um over the last four months because um, a lot more people are cooking from home yeah we have a tremendous tick in sales as, wow it's awesome yeah yeah so. William Sonoma, they've said that they are having like their best quarters. People that 
yeah, it, I, it was really surprising to me. I have a friend that works there. Yeah. And he said that, um, you know, people in cities, mostly, you know, they go out to eat every day, yeah. you know, they don't cook. Um, they have so many choices. And now people are like, oh, my God, yeah. I don't have a pot or I don't have tongs or, yeah. you know, but he said they're buying everything from bread, bread machines to totally it makes sense totally. it's gonna really the restaurant game's gonna really have to step up when people really start going back to restaurants so, exhausting thinking about it a lot of people are making bread that's like a new yes. thing right now yes. is people are like they're i because of what i've heard i i haven't done this but i've heard that it gets addictive that you you always want to perfect exactly yeah, what you're doing therapy though like when you're working with dough it's like working with yeah. meats. like it's just like a mental place people can go to i'm i'm working on the covid issue of fig chronicles and oh boy uh, yeah no it's for the most part it's a very positive uplifting like the creativity that comes out of covid yeah and, you know i'll mention the podcast and you know some other things but um can you guess what the number one searched recipe is over mm. the last last couple months we're um does it have to do with the uh, Instapot? No. No. What did you say? I said a bread-based item. It's a, it's a baked item. Is it focaccia? Or like... No. What's Banana the bread. Oh. Banana bread. Banana bread. It's amazing. Yeah. That's, I feel like that's... <laughs> I just amazing. like... I know. I couldn't believe it. But, you know, sourdough is first. And okay. then it comes to... Um, I was gonna say ciabatta bread. Like yeah. ciabatta is a really easy bread to make. Yeah, yeah, and focaccia. Banana bread. That's a really easy bread to make. I know, and but there's a trillion recipes. Everybody has their different way. Lots of gluten-free ones. Uh -huh. Oh, and you got to throw chocolate chips in there. Banana and chocolate <laughs> together is. I, yeah. I don't. I don't know about the chocolate chips, but I want nuts. <laughs> so what nuts, our, yeah. our our um gift our gift last year we did pumpkin chocolate chip mm. did you get one brian yeah they that was amazing that thing yeah i i got god i'm trying to think of where i got it but it was really good somehow i got a hold of something <laughs> Sam's, <laughs> Sam's I, you know what i think you're right i think i got sam katuri's it was <laughs> he's free right. oh, that's funny but um, so where do you see, you know, there's some other, obviously some really great um, role models that are out there, um, whether it's the people from Bella Cucina um, or, I mean, Martha Stewart or the Barefoot Contessa. Okay, Martha's not the best role model, but, no, I mean, you know, but they're, yeah, they're people that have used the platform really, really well to sell their products. and. Um, I think you're selling products, but I don't see you plastered all over, um, you know, commercials and things yeah. like that. And I guess if you don't have to, that's awesome. You know, if the product sells, but I'm, I'm not the product, like the product is a product. And I mean, I'm here to talk about it and be a, be a piece of it. I think it's, it's a really big piece of our identity of who we are and, um, again, like uh, one of the things we focus in on when we have, uh, like we had a social media discussion, um, is, uh, we, we have this team who helps manage all of our social and we, we really try to craft the story and they do a great job of capturing mm -hmm. me and who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it, it, it took a while though. Cause like in our first discussions, they're like, so how many meals are you cooking a week, Mia? You know, <laughs> Five. I'm like, what? No, I cook like two, maybe. The thing I love about this coronavirus deal is I, I don't like have guilt when I order out regularly. I'm right. supporting, you're supporting businesses. I am. I am. I got this. The steak tartare is like my go-to <laughs> on Sunday, but um, it's delicious. Um, and and you, there's, you guys put a little lavender in there. I don't. Yeah, like, a lavender sea salt. It was like, I just don't think people I don't even know if everyone who has it notices that it was in there but I did I was like oh this is brilliant this thing is so good um but yeah um well the yeah. lavender is tricky because it's one of those things where if you use yeah. just the right amount you're right it's brilliant yeah. if totally. you use a little bit too much it's like you're sucking on a bar of soap no, so you, you really have to it's like yeah. that with with the brulee as well it's it's yeah. a really tricky ingredient 
yep. but when it's used properly, you're right. It is so good. There's a lot out there, but no, but I mean, just as far as like stories go and, and how it all works for like social and digital and stuff like that, we really try to show this like really nice fancy lifestyle. Um, Cause that's what we live here in Sonoma, but you know, you go to middle of the country, people don't live like this and it comes off ostentatious. It comes off pretentious and it shouldn't. So we always have like a backdoor mom trick. We're always like, no, like Mia likes fancy things. Cause I do, but it is at the end of the day, throw some chicken nuggets in there or like, just figure it out. Like make the kids happy, get it done. Um, well, and that's authentic also. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's real life. And, you know, there, I think there's a problem with social media in that, you know, people trying to get the most perfect post, the most perfect shot and, you know, and then people depressed that their life doesn't look good. But I think when you give people something that they really can relate to, they get excited. Yeah. Do you feel, I mean, I think about this because you're the youngest of the three, right? Um, until your kids grow up and the rest of the kids grow up. I mean, you guys must have a lot of cousins, but you have to maintain your tradition. You have to tell the story of the heritage. And who in your family, are you the one trying to keep the stories alive about Nona and pasta and wine? And I think, um, and I guess I'm saying this because I listened to a great podcast with David Chang, who is Momofuku, and talked about, he had a guest on that was talking about Taiwanese um, sauces and cooking and how, you know, the most important thing to him was like keeping the heritage and the traditions alive. And it could be very easy to get commercial and forget about that. Mm -hmm. And I think you have a very historic family and who's doing that. I think we all do a good piece of it. And I don't think it's like, it's not something we're super conscious of. I just think it's just something we like. Um, You know, we have our regular Sunday night dinners. Mm -hmm. Um, We all get together with my siblings and their wives and all the kids. Um, And it's just, I think that's a, that's a core. That's a root of it. Um, and mom cooking every once in a while, I'll jump in and, and do some stuff. And they're like, Oh, Mia can cook. Cause I am really <laughs> that crap. Uh, but yeah, I think like, I think my brother Donnie does an excellent job at it with Don and sons. And I think Og does an amazing job too with the firehouse and three badge. Uh, I mean, even if you just walk the halls, he has stuff that tells like family stories and stuff Awesome. So, until we actually have a, a, a business that people can walk in and out of and, and see things. Can we really tell that to the public until then we do it on social? But I mean, those are, those are the points to what we do with me as kitchen. It's, you know, we use my personality to tell the story to, again, to take, to disarm the conversation around food and what you're doing. Um, but it's really important for us to let people know that tradition means a lot. And I think it, it means a lot, not just to like us, but it, it means a lot to let, to remind people, like create your tradition. If you don't have one, get one. Um, or, or just like take the time to slow everything down to listen to it, right? Because those are um, those are really important sound waves. Um, so I don't know. I think it's I think it's oh, I, yeah. Yeah. I um I got snuck into the three badge firehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, I would Keith invited me to come do a mezcal class oh. with your dad and oh, oh that's fun. And actually it was it was after my trip to Mexico City. And um so he must have seen some posts that I did with the mezcal and all the mezcal I brought home and stuff like that. But they were working on where they were going to produce their next mezcal. Yeah. And Keith had this whole production of a slideshow and all the different agave places that they went to. And yeah. honestly, I at one point, like we went through it all, we tasted it all. I could not do the one with the um, goat sack that, you know, oh. I couldn't do yeah. it. And I'm like, I, they're done. And I like look at Augie and I'm like, do you want me to go now? Like, I felt like I was a spy, like a, a business spy. Why am I here? Like, what like, is I, you want, he goes, no, 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 you can stay. It was so much fun. And then Keith yeah. showed me around the firehouse. It was just really awesome. And awesome. we've been to some wonderful tastings at um, the cellar at Dawn's. Yeah. It's yeah. been really fun. I get the invite for Rones, the Rones, oh. whatever they do. Rones. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that yeah. they do that, that they're up there and they're utilizing the spot 
I mean, yeah, it's like great. Mom and house, right? That that tasting they're doing. Um, yeah. And I think it's such a cool way to get people together and talk about the industry. Mm -hmm. And I mean, again, those that's like a tradition in and of itself. Like, unless you're doing that, it's very similar to that. It's like it's one of those pulses that like you just don't know about it unless you kind of stop yourself right. and spend the time. Mm -hmm. And it's not like no one's making money. People are just like hanging out, getting together, and talking. And that's mm -hmm. like, that's just like a community thing. That's right. Um, and you know we're missing a little bit of that we're doing it on zoom yeah. we're doing it socially distanced um you know before we came on air i was just saying you know the staff can't you know people are really not going to understand our one line list right now because we can't really explain it because we can't <laughs> spend any time at the table right so like people looking at the list and actually they scan their q code and then go on their phone and then the list pops up and there maybe what i'll do is i'll write an intro and put that on there now since they're yeah. reading it i think i will do that i'm making a note have you, have you done any virtual tastings do you do anything like that with some um no you know i i like i don't mind this because it doesn't go anywhere i did one video or two videos total yeah. And I just, I'm too critical myself to do it. Brian does them all the time. I was there. Get like a sommelier to go through and talk about your wine list. Oh or something, my God. Right? Well, I guess that could be. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Sandra, Sandra already owns videos of me describing yeah. all of the different varietals, their characteristics and history. And I remember Sandra seeing, I saw a video of you recently and I was like, how did they get her to do a video? Cause I know, she, you know, we've talked about I doing putting shows on YouTube and yeah. it was in the park. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was wondering how they, how they put you up to that. I just like, I, you know, I think part of it is yeah. I'm home. I'm not at work. I've been over there maybe five times in the last 18 weeks. And I, my whole part is marketing right now. I've lost my poor Cecily. She just stopped sending me invoices. So I figure she's done. And I'm like, okay, I got to do this. I have to draw business. I got to keep telling people what's happening. Yeah. And so I did, I took my mask off. I was down at the park and I did, I must have 15 videos and I'm like, oh my God, which one? Oh, I said, yeah. And I'm like, whatever, I'm just going to post it. I look like crap, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, it's like, I would watch, I would watch, I mean, I, obviously I would watch this podcast podcast but I would love watching you two going through and just like trying dishes and like I could just see you two as just like such a fun little duo yeah. running around or I mean <laughs> even COVID like just have it sent to your house or whatever yeah and it'd be just so unique to see something like that I, yeah I are you guys doing another one of those Brian you did you did one where they sent wine or we did three virtual tastings and all of them were you know where the people purchase the wine um no we're i think we're sort of working on something else right now i've Ooh. gotten into into these ex, these video experiences i mean you if you would have been here a couple of days ago you would have seen me in the front room on youtube um walking the streets of new york um met i was in manhattan at night um uh, while it was lightly raining i do find you have it AR? do you have alternative reality no, no, this is, I mean, this is a, this could be a part of it moving forward, but right now I'm just sort of fascinated by getting put into another place. I was, another one was um, um, Baker Beach in San Francisco start and it's, the video starts at about 630 in the morning. It's dark. The waves are crashing. You've got the Golden Gate Bridge off in the distance and then slowly the light starts coming up. And so it, it made me think of something and I talked to Bart and Sam about that you know, if people can't come to the tasting room, let's let's provide them with some videos of what it is that we're doing here. Let's yeah. go out in the vineyard and just walk rows of the vineyard. I can totally see people yeah. in Alabama, Chicago, where Pennsylvania, name it, that when they buy the wine, or they don't even have to buy the wine if they go on your website, or or if they do buy the wine and you give them a code, and they're just looking at a video of you walking that vineyard that they have a bottle in their hand, and they know that those grapes are what is in that bottle. There's yeah. just a connection that's that's so big. Um, and if it fascinates me, I'm assuming it fascinates me. And I live here, and yeah. it still fascinates me. So I'm thinking well, the that there's educational piece. Like people can really, you can you kind of pivot a little bit, and you realize yeah. it's really educating. Yeah. And it's the personal connection too. When you're actually watching the person who made the wine, and they're in the place where the grapes were grown, it it just takes things to another level. So I think. You know, the virtual tastings were great, and we're really lucky that we have a really 
um, hardcore community for that podcast. So they, they are very supportive of things that we do. But, um, and then I think Bart and Sam have broken off and done separate ones, mostly for companies that want to have, the company says we want to do something nice for our employees. So they'll order wine and they sort of have a virtual party through either zoom or Microsoft teams. And then they all kind of get to hang out, but there's a winemaker there that they can ask questions of. So it's, that's, that's been, um, yeah. 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 I was curious about what is it like when you say, you know what, I have a tomato sauce. I want to put it on the shelf in a store. What's that process like? Cause I'm imagining, I mean, it's crazy. You've got like Prego and those other companies that I'm sure just like yeah. dominate that space. How do you squeeze in there? Um, it is a little bit of a squeeze and we got in, we got our toe in the door right before it got like a more saturated. I mean, the overall category is like the overall category is about flatlining to up maybe 1%. Um, but we don't consider, I don't consider myself necessarily part, that's the umbrella category of pasta sauce in general from $2.99 all the way up to some like $9.99, in some cases $10.99 sauces. We don't typically break $10.99 ever. You don't really see that too often. But um, in the in the premium segment, in the $5.99 to $8.99, now there's ultra premium above that, but in the premium segment, um, there's, there's a fair amount of competitors out there. Um, it, it's not as ultra saturated as the as the overall mm. pop sauce category, um, but that's up like twenty two percent now. With COVID numbers, it's probably up so much more. Wow. Um, I actually saw some of our competitors are up over literally nine hundred percent during this COVID wow. from last year. Totally, yeah. it's fantastic, and um, it's not COVID, but you know their business is doing well. Um, and it's that's that's kind of how we see it we see it as a um as a benefit like we we have something that the big guys don't um and it it's a, it's that authentic story it's and it's a small marketplaces mm-hmm. uh, when we started with mia's kitchen i i got my mom's car she bought this big infinity and it's called noni bus she has a t- it's still around today it's a newer version of it but um and i was i was driving you know to like piedmont market and i was driving to petaluma and uh, oakville and Um, and I was, you know, signing, having guys, the bills of lading and like just figuring it out right out of my mom's car. And you can't really do that if you're a Prego or a Campbell's or a um, Ragu. That just doesn't, um, it doesn't work. So, um, we found that to our advantage. Um, and it kind of worked out. I mean, and if I started now, I don't think we'd be able to get where we're at because I think everyone has kind of flooded that space. Um, And where did it start? Was it like Sonoma market and Glen Ellen market or did you? Yep, the Sonoma Market and Glen Ellen Market. So, I mean, it was we had a I had a list of like twenty five accounts, um, and it was Sonoma, Glen Ellen, um, you know, again like Piedmont, Paradise, uh, Woodlands Market. Woodlands Market was a big one, and and there's one of our strategies too is like finding not just the places we want to be, but also like those market influencers. And I remember the buyer's name to this day, and this was over, you know eight years ago or seven years ago um and uh, everyone would say well if sharon picked you up i'll totally pick you up drinkers is another one so um it's it's not necessarily about volume at the end of the day it becomes about volume and you want to sell more but it's really strategically getting into the right marketplaces um and influencing those buyers and also like that's that's a piece of it too you know we talk about like personalities and who your influence is like i would love to get out there and cook and do a little show and maybe that will be in our future but as of right now just like letting the buyers know that it's a real person behind the brand we're not just a concept brand this is this is right and true there's a person there's family tradition here's a person and here's all the family tradition stuff we do and it's truthful like it's obviously a selling point Mm -hmm. um but uh, so that's that's kind of that's the position we're in or have been in. Um, and it's then, hard. I mean, it's hard because I remember, um, you know, we would go in and when we had a distributor, and this is really years ago. Yeah. Um, you know the slotting fees, and you mm-hmm. know, and I'm like, I'm not paying to get to put it on a better shelf. Um, yeah. I just like there were so many things that were just so yeah. not not restaurant not cool not cool yeah, you guys not cool exactly exactly <laughs> well but, it, it it takes a lot to keep the lights on at a grocery store and so they have to go up the market yeah but right now a lot of the power just sits right in the hands of the distributors 
Um, and it's fine. It's, it's the way it is. And you got to figure out how to play it. And that's, that's why at the end of the day, you need volume and you need velocity. Right. But yeah, as you're starting from the ground up though, I mean, you, you have your markets like Nugget and Sonoma. And I mean, when we were first starting off, I remember talking with Al and he was like, we'll just get you on the shelf. Like it wasn't, right. Like, right. <laughs> but, but to the point, like that's, it's much different than wine. That was one of our largest learning curves is, you know, we get into account. That's great. But if we get dropped from that account, that's, that's, a, a, that's, we spend money there. That's a, that's an investment that we completely lost. Right. So um, it's really important to know where you're going to go, know what you're going to spend um, even after you spend your slotting. Um, so it's, it's, it's hard to forecast all of those things because there's so many variables. Yeah. Uh, and how far out do you guys reach? Are you outside of California? Um, we just landed Wakefern, which is some stop and shop stores and um, Harris Teeter out. Uh, we're, we're coast to coast right now. Um, mm. and we have some spots. We're spotty in the Midwest right now, but Florida, all the way up to New York um, and, you know, California, Texas. Uh, nice. Seattle. Midwest, if you do like a tomato, a tomato sauce that's just meant for burgers. Yeah. There were eight eight states in the midwest that their google search for recipes was a burger which is shocking that is shocking <laughs> yeah, so what, do, what do you need a recipe for a burger for i, I don't know for, but that's what, what do you need a recipe for banana bread you just need it everyone yeah. needs it yeah but i mean seriously like you have like this is burgers burger tomato sauce like yeah. you just have a whole new market <laughs> in the midwest good we'll see what butternut yeah. bourbon does but yeah. again oh, like, well, there you go but that would make a good burger yes <laughs> think about it though people if you yeah. if you make a sauce that's meant for burgers it can't be called a pasta sauce it has to be called something else right. Right. it's like cake mixes like the whoever developed the first cake mix is like so brilliant because you don't need a cake mix in a box Right. Like, like four, it's like three ingredients. You could make cake really easily, but yeah. the consumer doesn't have time to think that through. And right. respectfully, so they have other things they're doing. So I don't know. Maybe we'll get into burger sauces. Maybe you. <laughs> Connor, you know, burger my, our wholesale days are winding down. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know what one thing that um, what I call I'm calling C19 instead of COVID. Thank you. One thing that C19 has done is it is kind of tunneling our focus onto what is the core of our, our business. And as we lost, you know, all the events, we can't do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know, whether it's the trucker wholesale. I mean, I can't even sell retail right now. I mean, like I'll look at our sales and I'll go, Oh my God, somebody sold a, a caramel sauce today. Like they can't <laughs> see it. So that's gotta be a customer that like had it before. Mm -hmm. And then someone went inside and got it for them. But you know, everything is so different though. Online, our online orders are doubled, yeah. doubled in this time, yeah. which has been amazing. Yeah. Our shipping guy just wants to shoot me. Yeah, but that's like a thing though too like it's not like all those um auxiliary things you're doing or not an auxiliary right. but like, you'll know how to do them when the time's right right you know? yeah and that's, there's a beauty in that you know yeah. you'll know how to exercise all of those doors mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I think so mia what kind of pasta is your favorite and let's let's first start off Fresh pasta, you know, obviously we, we all like to get fresh pasta, but I think there's good dried pasta. But what's your favorite shape? Like some people are into the capellini, they like the long thin, and then yeah. some people like rigatoni. They like something dense, something a little oh, yeah. more. No, I like, I'm a, I'm a capellini. I'm an angel hair pasta gal all day, every day. I want like really fresh pasta. I want thick chunks. We came out with a, um, we call it Pomodoro Fresco, just kind of fresh tomatoes. And it's a, it's a variant on our regular sauce that we do but it's just fresher with thicker tomatoes. And I like that style. Actually, um, uh, Rob Delicentina has a really good uh, Pomodoro style, just like super fresh um, angel hair. And that's, that's my go-to with a lot of my sauces. I love fresh basil too. I think fresh basil always needs to be used, not always, but there's something about a tomato sauce with just, you just throw fresh basil on there right before you serve it. Right. Oh, and then I saw you guys had a kale um, yeah, sauce exactly. too. Yeah, we posted, that was actually one of our biggest posts. I mentioned to Sandra when you were on the phone. Um, we posted something and we tagged Girl in the Fig. Um, and w when we were at a state, there was a meatball dish that you guys had. 
mm-hmm. uh, that, that we would prep and it was a meatballs with the kale and the pasta sauce. Right. And I was like, this is an amazing thing. We actually brought that to our Molly Stones buyer and we we're like, we want to do something exclusive with you. And this is a concept. And she oh. was like, cool. Like I wanted six month exclusive and we were so small and we also didn't know what we were doing. So we're like, cool. It's all good. <laughs> um, it did really well. And we have all these funky little flavors that work it well in different pockets. Right. So like, you know, kale works well in certain stores where people are much more, they're just a little bit more health conscious or they're right. thinking of veggies and stuff like that. Right. Um, and that would be yeah. really, really good on a, like an old Italian Philly sandwich. In, yeah. Yes. You, know, you got like a hoagie roll and then you uh, have like a breaded piece of chicken or pork and then you have your broccoli rob or, super you know, good. I could see your kale sauce on there, yeah. a little bit of mozzarella, heat it all up. And we actually, we came up with one. I don't know. Do you guys know Lawler's Delicatessen in Napa? Mm-hmm. No. Lawler's is this, my mom always tells me, she's like, they used to sell porn and alcohol. And in the back, now the porn industry is kaputs or like the actually buying magazines, right? Yeah. So um, she she goes in the back, if you go and you knock on the door, it's like an old little secret. That's not so much of a secret anymore. Um, They make uh, malfati. Do you know what, you know, it's like a, it's like a spinach dough ball kind of thing. Uh delicious i actually have never made malfati i've never made malfati i need to make malfati sometimes my nonna used to make it my mom makes it i've seen them make it um and it and then you just put it in pasta sauce and you serve it uh-huh. yeah so we did we did a spinach and goat cheese uh, sauce that just came out um and it's really good but it was inspired by that it's like well if i can't go out and actually get these recipes and then deliver them to people i'm gonna try to find like creative ways to make that happen but yeah. malfati is a pretty funny one so yeah, yeah. check out Lawler's. Maybe you should check out Lawler's. Go yeah. get your corn. I know. Like, do they have bagels and lots? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. Are we we're frozen. Yeah. So. Anyway. And so Mia, so you guys are just going to focus on the sauce. So you're not going to have the hot sauce. You're not going to do olive oil. You're not going to do truffle oil. So we're going to do. We're going to have our pasta sauces. We're going to have our hot sauce. Um, and then we're going to have our two pizza sauces and that's like, that's it. We might come out with flavors that just remind everybody that we're fresh and funky. Obviously we don't want to come out with too much of a profile because we have to maintain all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, you show a buyer a new sauce and they're like, cool, which one are you pulling? You're like, no, 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 no. That's not the idea. The idea is to expand the shelf. So, um, (laughs) but we, we try to keep it like concise and we're, we're getting a lot better about our data management and how we see what consumers are, um, trending towards and we're just I think nowadays it's a lot of it's a data game and we didn't really realize that until I mean later on that you really have to follow the trends and you really have to see not just the trends of what people are eating but you really have to see what people are just buying like what what's working for you and what's not and you just have to see the numbers so um Um, I have one suggestion and it's just my own personal thing is solicited advice here it's just Doing it. a shrinking the size a little yeah. bit. Sometimes yeah. I only want half a jar. I don't want the whole jar. I'm and I end up having to, you know, you know, when you take that one out of the fridge that got stashed behind the milk because you made, sp- you know, spaghetti or whatever last yeah. week, and then you, you crack it and it's dried right. pasta yeah. sauce. And yeah. um, so I like the smaller ones, but I noticed that not a lot of people make that smaller size. And I'm sure it's, you know, of course you want to get your, your normal price for the pasta sauce, but I would, still buy them i just want the smaller portion we talked about that once for like new york for like east coast we're like maybe we need to come out like people are walking they're, they're on a bicycle they need to they can't carry this giant jar right. we talked even about in a pouch yeah or in a pouch like getting rid of the glass nobody they, there's been trials and they've mm. done that so many times oh. over no one no one can succeed they, the consumer's mind they want a jar oh. Like yeah. we, we're like, we wanted to come out with something called MK Fresh. We're like, well, we MK Fresh, we'll serve it in um, in produce where right. there's not much slotting fee. Um, and then you get the idea. <laughs> right next right. to tomatoes, it's right next uh-huh. to Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Um, but the, it just, it, it te- time and time again, not just did it test, but companies try to do this. It just did not work yeah. out. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's where, that's the only way that I'm now doing garlic, ginger, um, and lemongrass is in the squeeze tubes. Oh, I love I them. Think it, I love they're those. brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And you just I throw mean, them on the refrigerator door. and I love it. And it looks good too. Uh, yeah, yeah. But that, so I got so used to my garlic 
I finally started buying fresh garlic and I was like, oh, there is such a difference to fresh garlic than yeah. the tube stuff, but it is yeah. very convenient, I have to say. Yeah. Convenient, yeah. The, um, but you know, I was thinking though, if you're selling your jars for like $10.99 or $10.99, whatever. Well, like $8.99. Um, yeah, I mean, that's $2.50 a portion, you know, yeah. serving a four people pasta, your pasta, especially dry pasta, maybe it's $3 a box or $5 a box, depending what you do. I mean, that is, that could be a really healthy, inexpensive meal yeah. for four to six people. You yeah. Know, throw in some veg from your garden and... So competitive. The cost yeah. is keep coming down and down. And yeah. I mean, that's like people see high end and unfortunately they're not thinking about like a per person cost on something um, where you could have better, higher quality, um, more organic flavors and things like that. But yeah, they just... Yeah, there's a there's just a drop off when people go yeah. in there. They they only have it's a threshold for premium for them, and yeah. it just. It, but that's a that's a conversation too we have when we're talking to like just buyers and stuff. We're like, listen, you're bringing this premium product. We're getting premium rings, so they're gonna buy. People who buy this sauce are gonna buy nicer wine. They're gonna buy nicer bread. They're gonna buy nicer pasta. Um, and that's, that's, I mean, to a point they will. Right. Um, Absolutely. But, yeah. I love the idea of reformatting. I think that I, I hope one day we'll be able to do that. And I hope that maybe that'll come out of this, uh, the C19, I even C19, I'm so sick of the word COVID. Even I C19, know, me too. C19. Virus. Um, but I, maybe that's something that could come out of this where, you know, just even, you know, uh, consumers at the retail level are actually just like thinking about it differently. I, I don't know. Maybe we could, maybe I can start a podcast and start educating people. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there, I mean, there there's huge amount of room for more food podcasts. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not committed. <laughs> so bad. You never know. When I got your email. I was like, oh, she thought I forgot. I'm sure she thought I forgot about this. I did not. It was I've been very. <laughs> oh, very fun. Well, well you guys had it's on. On I'm sorry. On the jar, it's on all the jars. Does it say Sonoma? Yes, oh, no. I love it. I yeah, love it. Totally. It's a, it's a selling point. It's a really big yeah. discount. Yeah. We live in an amazing place, you guys. Yeah. We, live, like, we live in like one of the best places in the entire world. Yeah. I think why not tell people who we have are? To. Have to. It's not, it's not just like, it's not just like it's beautiful outside. It's the people. We're all like here. There's such a sense of community. And I just think it's so important to, I don't know, to let people know, to be proud. That's okay. Yeah. 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 So where can people find you? Oh, what stores? Website, Instagram stores. Oh yeah, well we're buffing up our Instagram and our online will be yeah. there soon too. Um, and yeah, we can find it. You can find us in Safeway. You can find us in Nugget. You can find us in Molly Stones. You can find us in Lunardi's. You can find us um, any of the you know. And I swear you were in Oliver's, but I don't. I didn't see it on your list on your website. You've got a list of. Yeah, we just we didn't have an updated yet. We are in Oliver's as well. Okay. Yeah. Oliver's. Oliver's. I spend yeah. half of my uh, paycheck in Oliver's. Oh, good for you. Yeah. That's great. It's a beautiful yeah. store. Yeah. And then on Instagram, you are. Um. Oh, what's like the handle? Yeah. I think we're just Mia's Kitchen. Is that underscore? I'm so bad. It's uh, Mia's underscore Kitchen. Yeah. Should I have known that before jumping on here, you guys? Yeah. Yep, I should have. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You have people. Hi. We have, yeah, it's Mia's underscore kitchen. Yeah, very cool. Um, okay, anything else you want to tell our listeners? No, just thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much, listeners. Oh, it's so good to see you. It's good thank to see your face. It's really nice to see you both. And yeah. It's really nice yeah. to catch up. I'm glad thank you're Thank you doing for well. taking the time. Yeah, yeah. Mia, are the, your kids, or what's going on with school situation? Uh, no school right now. I mean, yeah. as now they're here, we have, we have some childcare who's been kind of bunkering in place with us for some time. Um, Mari and she's been really helpful. So it's kind of nice. I actually am realizing that I, I like my kids a lot. <laughs> all the time. I'm, right. like, I'm like, Oh, you're so like, this is really sweet. Like they're very good people. And I appreciate Did that. Did you get a new puppy? No, no puppy. Yeah, I have like five friends that have gotten puppies since yeah. 19. Yeah, we so. had chickens. We got some chicken eggs. And oh, we had chicken. nice! That was a fun little experience. It was also really sad because half of them didn't 
hatch. Ooh, We're just not, that's not, I we should leave that to the experts, but it was such a cool thing to watch. <laughs> It was like, ba- they were like babies. We were waking up in the middle of the night and we were like checking Aww. the camera. And we're like, they're hatching. So <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Dogs, it's a commitment. You, you really got to commit. That's like another human in your life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, that first couple months of, um, of, you know, my wife working from home and daughter being at home, it was like a new honeymoon. It was the first two months were like, this is awesome. We actually like each other and we're eating meals together. And then, and then after two months, I was getting a little antsy. I was ready to go back to and do something. Yeah. Um, So yeah, getting back to work has been, has been good. I think they needed a little time away from me is probably what it is. For sure. How's your wine doing? How's the Roussan? It's great. It's um, it's it's still going through um, fermentation process. It's very close. I'm actually going to go taste it tomorrow. Um, it's close to being uh, dry. So then we'll just see how I'm going to, but now there's nowhere to sell it. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I was going to, you know, of course I'm the buyer for the Fairmont. I was going to buy some of my own wine, which, which would have been great. And I was hoping to, to get on the list at the girl and the fig, but I, I don't know anyone that's currently buying wine. So, um, so I might nice. be drinking 60 cases of Roussan, which honestly I thought about, I thought about on the way home last night, I'm, I'm doing the math. I'm thinking 60 cases, a bottle a day. I'm like, that's not that much wine. I could pretty much polish that off in the next like three years or something. <laughs> if you don't drink anything else. You went long on that. I'm sure you can do it in less time than that. I'm sure. I'm, you're right. <laughs> you guys hear, there was some, my husband tried to do this with some of his friends. There's a, they called it the Mario Batali challenge. Actually, I probably shouldn't say Mario Batali's name. It was before. I was, was, was going to say, we're going down a dark road It was here. before he got taken down. Um, okay. and he, before he messed up. Um, but yeah. <laughs> He, it was like, it's a Mario Batali challenge and you have to drink, he was quoted somewhere saying that he drank an entire case of wine, like with his buddies. They would sit down and it was like some like along, like obviously exaggerated quote, but they actually tried to do that and it just, it turned into a disaster. And it was like six bottles. <laughs> like you guys aren't going to get, you can't take a whole day and actually drink six no. bottles. Oh, no. Ridiculous. <laughs> So. No, but it, it did. That reminds me of one of my favorite quotes, and it was from Johnny Depp. And someone heard that he <clears throat> that he liked good wine, and said, "I heard that you you spend ten thousand dollars a month on wine." And he said, "That's ridiculous. I spend far more than that." <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he drinks it all. Too. I was like, "Yes." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Totally. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, if you want to check out some of, first of all, go buy go buy some tomato sauce. It's yeah. very versatile product. FYI, I've been making um, lasagna lately, and so that's what I've been using it for is doing the, um, and I get some really good um, sheep's milk ricotta, mm-hmm. and um, and then a little bit of mozzarella, and some of the mozzarella makes it into the lasagna, some of it I'm just like <laughs> shoving in my mouth, um, but that's been my go-to, because um, it's one of those meals you can make, you guys eat it, every, it's, everyone's happy with it, and then the next day you got lunch, and you know, you eat it in the middle of the night too but um yeah go check it out at uh, oliver's pick up some of that tomato sauce is it possible can people still get the olive oil and truffle oil is it out there right now or it's just it once it's gone it's gone yeah once it's gone it's kind of gone okay all right well and check out your instagram account i don't know who's doing your photography but they're doing a great job thank you thank you yeah. Yeah. and if you guys want to check out some of our past episodes you can go to the bike goes on uh, dot com. You can also go to Radio Misfits and check out us there. We're on all of the social media platforms. Follow us at Bike Talk on Instagram. Go to Himalaya, Apple, um, Stitcher, Stitcher, whatever you want to do. We're there. Um, and uh, we appreciate the support. We'll look forward to talking to you next week. We've got a fun interview for uh, later today that you guys will get to listen to next week. I'm sure we'll be talking about uh, Salumi. Tomato sauce. Uh, Salumi and UFOs, because I know this guy doesn't like to talk about himself. So let's see if we can get him talking about if aliens like charcuterie. We skipped right over that UFO conversation. (laughs) Don't worry, I'm going to get there today. Don't worry, Mia. Mia, it's good to see your face. It's so good. Thank you so much for joining us. All right. Thank you very much. We'll look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, everyone.